as uh, Jeremy shared, I do like to try and share things that are fresh on my heart, things that God is showing me. And to me, that makes uh, what I share more alive, more vibrant, I hope. And uh, that's my, my thought this morning is that I, I really want to impart, and that's the new word God is using in my life, is not just teach, but impart uh, to people uh, that which he is imparting to me, and I think will be a blessing to you. Amen. So can I start by prayer? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you, Lord, that we have a place to come together, that we have this freedom. Uh, Lord, that we can gather, that we can listen, we can hear, we can be changed by the word of God. And Father, we give you praise and glory for just the blessing of this opportunity for the blessing of the word for your life in our midst. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about increase. Increase. And it's a, a word that is in many ways synonymous with blessing, but I want to use the word increase because the scriptures I'm going to use with you speak a lot about that. And I just want to think about increase with you for a moment. So I want to, I want to start with uh, Psalm 115, verses 14 and 15. Psalm 115, verses 14 and 15. Just to get the table set. It says, may the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your children, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. And when I read this not, not that long ago, of course, I've read it for years, but some things you read and then you, years later, they come alive to you. Uh, and I think that's what's happened in this case. But he says, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. And what I was gathering from this is just God's heart to bless us and to bless us in a way that is noticeable. I mean, there's internal blessings that I can't begin to impart to you, but there are also no, noticeable blessings in our lives that we should be able to share with others and be able to see the glory of God in each other's lives. Amen. And so he says, may the Lord give you increase more and more, meaning their increase doesn't, be, doesn't stop. There's no end to it. He says, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. So it is supposed to go from generation to generation. Something the Lord showed me a long time ago is that uh, our children should be more blessed than we are. Our grandchildren should be more blessed as they, as they grow. Each generation should be better off than the previous generation. Uh, we shouldn't be going from poverty to debt to poverty to debt. To, uh, that shouldn't be the trajectory of, of the children of God. We should be going up. We should be going into blessing after blessing after blessing that we might be an influence in this culture, in this nation that we live. Uh, I want to be an influence. And I think the best way that I can be an influence is to walk in the blessing, in the increase of God. That should be evident. In other words, if God lifts up the humble, what does it look like to be lifted up? Have you ever thought about that? What does it look like for God to exalt the humble? What does it look like to be blessed by God? I don't want to look like everybody else in the world. I don't want, the world is trying to shape us into an image of lack. The news is all about lack. The news is all about scarcity. The news is all about what we are losing in terms of 
rights or privileges or economic uh, potential. Everything in this world is about losing. God is about increase. And so we have to choose which, we'll say, kingdom we're going to be a part of, which one we are going to reflect, which one we are going to uh, let ourselves be shaped by. And I have made the choice, and hopefully you have to be shaped by the kingdom of God, where the kingdom of God is all about blessing. The kingdom of God is about increase in spite of what's going on. I don't have to be shaped by what's going on. I might be impacted some ways, but it doesn't have to shape or determine my uh, level of blessing, my level of increase in the things of God. And so I want to look at this with you, and I want to go through various characteristics of increase, how increase happens. How many of you would like to know how increase happens? Amen. Amen. A lot of, uh, about about a fourth of you. So a lot of, uh, (laughs) I lost my train of thought. Yeah, how increase happens. I I got that part. (laughs) But I had something else. But praise God. Uh, We are taught to think in terms of lack many times, especially in the religious world. The religious world seems to have embraced and exalted the idea of doing without and what you can't have and why God doesn't want you to be blessed. And uh, there are certain groups that that go that direction. And yet when I read the word, I find, may God give you increase more and more. Everything about God is about growth. It's about multiplication. It's about increase. And we say that he lives in us. Amen. So shouldn't there be some evidence of that? Praise God, there should be. So I want to go with, with you over some characteristics of how we experience increase. And I want to start with Isaiah 55.10. And we're going to talk about where does increase come from. Isaiah 55.10, well known. It says, for as the rain comes down and snow <laughs> from heaven. So if you get upset, it came from heaven. So... <laughs> And does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And then here's the phrase that I like, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The word of God carries the prosperity of God. It carries the nature of God. The word of God is not... It's not just an addendum to things. It is the thing. God's word is his life. His words are spirit and life. Amen? And when God speaks, his word has a purpose. And the purpose carries his nature, the nature of God. And so it says, and it will prosper. It will prosper. The Lord's been speaking to me recently about this. That, And I was, I was meditating and praying and talking to God. And he said, Barry, you... You have been in the word a lot, but how much of the word has gotten into you? And I thought, well, I'm a Bible teacher at Karis. I mean, <laughs> uh, that's, that doesn't work, <laughs> okay? How much of the word has gotten into you? And I've been in the word for decades, but I've realized, especially through recent healing journey, that the word perhaps wasn't in me as much as I thought it was, 
Because the word is health to your flesh. Let that sink in. The word is health to your flesh. The word carries the very nature of God. And the nature of God is life. His words are spirit and life. The word carries his very nature. So if the word is really in me as much as I thought it was, then I should be experiencing what the word is. It's health. It's not like health or like medicine. It is health. It is medicine to your flesh. And it will prosper in the thing to which he sends it. And he has sent his word. Well, the the word became flesh. Amen. The nature of the word is, is to go about healing all that are oppressed of the enemy. And so if we want to see increase, and I'm just picking on healing right now because that's recently in my life, but I'm realizing that the very nature of God's word, God's promises, is to reproduce according to its kind. It is to give increase. It is to multiply in your life. It should be consuming, should be overwhelming our lives if we're, if we're letting the word into us. And I have to phrase it that way now because I realize I have been in the word sometimes and not let it get into me. Is that making sense? How do you know when it's in you? You live it. You meditate on it. It energizes you. It excites you. You feed from it. You will, you will feed from what you value. And if, if you don't value the word, then it's not going to excite you. You're not going to feed there, though you may know it. You may have your doctrine all set and have your belief system in place. But if it's not exciting you, if you're not feeding from it, if you don't value it, then you're, going, you're obviously valuing something else that isn't producing the nature of God in you. It's producing the nature of whatever it is. And so then when, time, when, when you're told, you know, you have two days to live, you know, Hollywood isn't going to help me now. You know, if that's where I've been feeding. Or sports, that's not going to help me now if that's where I've been feeding. What excites me? What energizes me? Thank God that I had a lot of word in me, uh, but I could have had more. Could have had more. And so that, that was challenging for me to think, well, I'm, I think I've been in the word for, you know, 49 years. I think I should be good to go here. And what I got from the Lord was, eh. <laughs> That's what he said. So <laughs> I needed more word in me because the word is health. It is health. It is life. So we're talking about increase. I, I sent my word, and it will prosper. It will bring increase in its purpose. Whatever the promise is, whatever God shows you, there is within it the capacity to reproduce and to multiply and to bring increase. If we're in the word, we should never be decreasing. We should never be going from lack to poverty to debt to lack to poverty. We should not be going in that direction on any level, spirit, soul, or body. We should always be growing if the word excites you, if it feeds you, if that is what you value, then you are going to see its nature in you, and others will see it too. Praise God. Man, I could just go on in that for for an hour, but I have other things to share here. So where does increase come from? Let's go to Psalm 67, 5 and 6. Psalm 67, 5 and 6 says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. 
God, our own God, shall bless us. Where does increase come from? From praise. From praise. And I'm not talking about obligatory praise. Everybody raise your hands and praise the Lord. I'm talking about really understanding and exalting God as your source and giving him thanks for all things, for the good things in your life, for, for blessing him for all things. And when you have a life of praise, that is going to be an, an optimistic life. It's going to be a positive life. It's going to be a life of expectancy. It's going to be a life of, of, of continual recognition of who your source is and how good he is, praise and thanksgiving. And what happens in the environment of praise and thanksgiving, it says, then the earth, then, after you've established this environment of praise and thanksgiving, then the earth shall give her increase and God our God will bless us. Amen. We're talking about where does it come from? The word carries the very nature of increase, of prosperity, of health. But then praise, recognizing God. And see, once again, what energizes you will capture your attention. And if you're not energized by knowing God as your source, then that praise is going to be more forced than real. But when you begin to see, and I, forgive me for this, you know, I, I thought I was in a good place two years ago uh, and then got the surprising news that I was going to die. Uh, took me by surprise. But since then, I'm different. Because all of a sudden, I have seen where I was lacking, and I've also seen God where he's abounding, and I have a different appreciation for my Father. And I have a different excitement about life, and I have a different approach. I, I don't know. It's just different. I don't want anyone to go through what I went through to get there, but you can, I think, get there from here. You can. Wherever you are right now, you can begin to be energized, become focused on and value God as never before. He is your source. And when that happens, praise will just be an automatic. It's nothing you have to work up and try to do because they ask you to do it in church. It will be praise God. Thank you for life. Thank you for everything. Thank you. I don't care what it does outside. Uh, <laughs> I used to. But now I'm just happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Got my wife laughing here. But she, I am so happy uh, about everything. And, and this is, is, is kind of a new me. But I've realized that in this, that my praise now has taken on a different dimension or it's, it's, part, it's different. It's real. And then I saw, okay, that means that maybe I wasn't quite as real as I thought I was before in my praise and thanksgiving. But now, man, I'm happy to be here. And I see God in everything, and I see goodness. And it's just, it says, then the earth. Or in other words, what may be holding you back from increase is your attitude. No, once was enough. Okay. All right. Attitude. Are you an optimist? Are you excited about life? Are you excited about the good things of God? Or are you a pessimist, a complainer, always cranky about everything and nothing ever goes my way, nor will it with that attitude? Amen. So uh, I'm trying to inspire, exhort, 
politely, but inspire, uh, of where this increase comes from, that God wants you to increase more and more and more and more. Praise God. Let's talk about, let's go to Hebrews 6, 13 and 14. Hebrews 6, 13 and 14. How you doing? Okay. If my grandkids like it, it's got to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 13 and 14 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by, excuse me, by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. This is God dealing with Abraham in the beginning. God has a vision that all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen? Amen. And he picks a man. And I won't go through the, all the dealings with Abraham here, but what he says, I want to bless the nations of the earth, so I'm going to start by blessing this guy. And he could have just said, Abraham, I will bless you. And that would have been, take it to the bank, good. That would have been enough. If God says, I will bless you, you're blessed. But he said, no, that's not, enough. That's not good enough. I want it to be stronger. Abraham, blessing I will bless you. And I'm thinking, I don't even understand that. But while I'm blessing you, I'm going to bless you. So that's pretty cool. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And then I can see God thinking, eh, that's not strong enough. I want it to be an oath. Surely, surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And we're the seed of Abraham by faith. And we have a God of not maybe, we have a God of surely blessing. I will bless you. Surely I want increase to come to you. I will increase you more and more. You and your children, God, our God, will bless us. How does he do it? He does it through his word. His word is sent to do prosperity in your life. He does it through praise and thanksgiving. Amen that then the earth will bring forth increase, and God, our God, shall bless us. Praise God. We are so close. In every heart, every heart in this room is so close to stepping into another dimension of life. You've just got to see it first. You've got to believe it first. So many times when I minister in other places, I ask people, would you like more? And some of them, they're not sure where I'm going with that, so they, more what? Would you like more love in your marriage? Would you like more joy in your life? Would you like more peace in your life? Would you like more faith activated in your heart? And most people are going to be saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like more money? <laughs> Got one guy there. That's <laughs> But some people say, oh, brother, you know, we just need to be content with what I have. Oh, well, I was going to give you $1,000, but not now. If you're, if you're content. No, if you offer people more, they'll say, yeah, I'll take more. You're created to have more. You're created to be more. God is a God of more. Amen? So when he says, blessing, I will bless you, multiplying, I will, wait a minute, surely blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. That's the heart of God for us. What's limiting us, folks, is our own perception of God. Religion has 
twisted the perception of God that most of us have had as we grew up. And we have a God of limitations, a God of hopefully you can just get by, just hang in there, you're going to get to heaven someday if you don't mess up. And just, you know, you got to deal with all this lack and, and loss. I know we live in a world of lack and loss, I get it. But God's promises are from a different kingdom in which I also live. I'm living here, but I'm also living there. And there are promises of increase, of blessing. Why does God want to bless us? What, what's the purpose behind this? He wants the world to see how good he is by seeing how blessed we are. This is, this is how the gospel should be going forth, is that, man, the people of God, even blessed people call us blessed. Amen. That's what we should, we should be the head and not the tail. We should be the expression of God's goodness, increasing more and more, blessing, multiplied blessing, more and more. That should be what we're expecting, but most aren't expecting it because it's been stolen from us by religion and by politics and by whatever that we're expecting to just hopefully we'll get by without too much trouble. Man, I don't want to just get by. I don't want to just get by. I want to be in the blessing of God. In every sense, spirit, soul, and body. I'm not just picking on one area here. In every way, I want the blessing of God working in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. The heart of God is all about increase. Jesus was a seed. We're part of the harvest. God saw a seed because he, he knew he had to sow a seed to get the harvest of us. Amen. Amen. God's kingdom is all about increase. God's heart is all about increase. It's always about multiplication. He says in Romans 8.32, Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, if, see, this is where our perception of God has got to change. Our concept of God has got to get way bigger because if he's already given you the best that he has, why would he withhold anything else? Why would he withhold health? Why would he withhold economic benefit to your life so that you can be a blessing? Why would he withhold anything? Why would he withhold peace and joy? And no, just that, just that much joy, that's all. No, that's religious God. That's not God. God wants us to prosper in every sense of the word, spirit, soul, and body. He wants our lives to be a reflection of who he is. And to prove it, surely, blessing, I will bless you with Jesus, the best that I have. Why wouldn't I give you everything else? Amen. See, these are mind-blowing concepts for some of us, and they were for me, just because you're ra we're raised in a culture, if you're, if you're from this country, a culture in which lack is kind of the defining thing of religion and many times politics. So, and we're hearing this all the time from Washington right now, the things we're going to have to do without. Uh, I don't have to do without. You don't have to do without. There may be some impact here and there. But we don't have to, to believe that that's God. God is bigger than that. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do a little bit sometimes if he feels like it. <laughs> Exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, but listen to this, 
according to the power that works in us, or in other words, your increase is in you. And God is just waiting for you to agree with it. The power that works in you. What is the power that works in you? We have what? We have the power of the name that is above every name. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of God lives in us, which is a spirit of increase. We have the blood of Jesus that has cleansed us from anything that would cause lack. Amen? We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We have the armor of God. We have the, the, the authority of God. We have the shield of faith. We have the keys of the kingdom. We have all the promises that are sometimes and maybe. Yes and amen. This is the power that works in us, and it says, and God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you ask or think according to that which he has already invested in you, that which is already in you. It's there. It's ready to go. What is stopping us from increasing? Unbelief. Religious concepts of unworthiness and guilt. That's what's stopping us. Do you believe your vision can increase? Do you believe that you, that you can step into another dimension? You can start today. Take the chains off. Just start seeing, start seeing prosperity within it can begin to come out of you if you can see it within. You'll never go beyond what you see. But if you have a God that is, is angry at you and a God that is limiting you and a God that is wanting you just to learn how to hang in there, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to hang in there. I, hopefully you understand my context here, but we're not limited to hanging in there. We are called to be the head, not the tail. Amen. We can't, how, do we, how do we win the world if we look just like them? We have got to have something to offer, to show, to demonstrate that we live, we have a good God. Amen. Love is meant to increase. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. It says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. So he's commending them that they do love. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Can your love grow? Can it be more effusive, more out there? How many of you would, and I, I'm going to step on some toes here, but how many of you would like to see more love in your marriage? How many of you are willing to sow more love in your marriage? Okay. I'm talking to three people here. <laughs> when I saw this, because in my past, especially on the mission field, I was all about productivity, goal setting, getting things done, seeing a church raised up. And I was neglecting the most important ministry I had. Now, as I look back, I can see that, and I don't, I can't, I don't have details. But when the Lord really got a hold of me and spoke to me in this area, when I began to see my most important ministry was loving my wife, loving my kids, it changed. 
I should have her come up here and tell you how blessed she is now. <laughs> okay. Amen. I got a little confirmation there. So, but when the, when the love of God gets a hold of you, it just changes the way you see everything. In other words, what I can produce has no value if I'm not being the love of God to my family. I, did that make sense? In other words, productivity, goal setting, and all these things, as good as they can be in their context, must follow on the heels of that which I am sowing into my covenant relationship, Christ and the church, the marriage. Love can increase. We can give more. We can serve more. We can bless more. And this can happen in any relationship. This can happen in your place of employment. This can happen in, with your friends. It can happen anywhere. We should be increasing in our desire to be a blessing to people. That should be increasing. If the word is finding a place in you, it's going to reproduce according to its nature. And its nature is love, among other things. But the, the love of God should be increasing in us to where it's just the more we give, the more we receive. And the more we give, the more we receive. And this, this will transform marriages. And you don't have to wait for your spouse to change. You change. You love, you bless, you give, you, you look for ways to be a blessing, little special things. You just look for that stuff and live to do that. And then the, the productivity of your life happens without you really thinking about it. God spoke to me one time. He says, Barry, how can I trust you with my bride if I can't trust you with your bride? It's kind of like a cold slap in the face, but it was good. I realized, and when I made that turn, when I made that switch in my heart to love my bride as much as he loves his bride, ministry doors just begin to open. Or I was setting, without even knowing it, I was setting limitations on how far God could take me based upon how I was treating my wife. And I wasn't treating her bad, it's just that I was wasn't aware of the depths of what I could be doing and how that would unlock the grace of God in my life. I hope that's making some sense. Love is meant to increase. Increase is the nature of God. He will freely give us all things. Increase is the nature of man. We are to be fruitful and multiply. Amen? Increase is the nature of nature. Plants and animals are all meant to increase, to multiply. They all have within them the seed. I don't know how many of you are familiar with my book, uh, Shaping Your Future, but I talk about the seed, uh, the power of the seed, the power to shape your life, to shape your future through sowing that which God has invested in you, of giving his love, giving his peace, giving his joy. You're, you're changing your future, speaking words of life and not of death. You're changing your future. The nature of nature carries the seed. Everything you need to know about God and his kingdom is in the seed principle. It's all there. Praise God. Increase is the nature of God's word. It is designed to prosper. Increase is the very nature of love because God is love. Oh, this is so, so rich. It's so good. It's, so, it's really blessing me. Let's go to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 
I'll read it from here. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and there's a message, and that he is a rewarder, there's the increase, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, faith is designed to increase. Faith is designed to multiply. Faith is something that should be ever increasing within you. It's interesting that Jesus refers to faith as a seed and not as a grain of sand. He could have said, if you have faith as a grain of sand, it would have made no sense because sand has no life. It has no potential. It cannot multiply. It doesn't get bigger. It gets smaller over, over centuries. But he said, if you had faith as a seed, a seed has life. A seed has potential. A seed has a purpose. A seed will reproduce according to where it came from. If you have faith as a seed, well, what is a seed supposed to do? Increase. Harvest. Big. Everything bigger. Each generation more. Faith is designed to increase. Let me, let me show you this. Let's go to uh, 2 Thessalonians 1.3. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith does what? Grows, Grows exceedingly. Now, someone, you know, we say, well, we have all of it. Yeah, we do, but so does a baby when he's born have muscles. But what? They, they need to grow. They need to work out. Babies aren't born to play in the NFL. But they will if they develop that talent, develop that skill, develop those muscles. You have faith. You have the faith of God on the inside of you, but it's designed to increase. Amen? How does it increase? If you have faith, you will say. If you have faith as a seed, you will say. You speak your faith. We should be. And I've started doing this, using my faith for everything consciously. It used to be unconscious. But now, when I drive home today, I will thank God for the miracle of getting home alive. Amen? I thank God for the, the breath I breathe. I use my faith to breathe now. I use my faith to eat. I am trying to be conscious of this at all times so that when bigger battles come, I'm already prepared because I'm already living by faith. I'm not just living as anyone else would live, but I'm recognizing my source. I'm recognizing my words have power. I'm sowing words. I'm thanking God. I'm creating the environment of increase in all things at all times. And this is really changing the way I live my life is that I don't want to be caught off guard when some big challenge comes and say, well, now i got to work up faith. No, I'm already living by faith. I'm thanking God for everything. I'm using faith. I'm speaking words of life for everything. And so then if another challenge comes along, I'm, I'm there. I'm in faith. Your faith can grow exceedingly, but are you using it? Are you speaking it, or are you just living until the problem comes up and you think, I need help. I'm not saying you won't need help, but we need to be prepared. We need to be living in faith. Amen. Increase is the nature of prayer. Let's go to John 16, 24. How are we doing? Everybody doing okay? Increase is all, prayer is all about increase. John 16, 24 says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask ask. Some people don't even ask because of their perception of God. 
I, I just don't know if I can count on him. And he, maybe he's just trying to reduce me down to nothing for his glory. You know, that's how some people think. No, his glory is not to reduce you down to nothing. His glory is to be magnified through you. Amen. Amen. But he says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive. There's increase. Amen. says that your joy may be full. There's increase. If you can have full joy, you can have half full joy. Amen. If you can have half full joy, you can have fumes. Amen. I don't want to live on fumes joy. I want my joy to be full. How does my joy get full? I have to recognize that God is wanting to say yes to my prayers. But if I don't ask, if I don't show dependence, if I don't release faith, then I'm the one hindering the increase that's the heart of God. Ask that it will be given to you that your joy will be made full, will be given as increase. Joy full is increase. Everything about prayer is about increase. That's, that should energize you. See, so many people approach prayer without any energy or any confidence because they, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I have to pray. It's an, I have, it's an obligation. If that's the attitude, then you haven't seen it yet. This is the dynamic that releases the heart of God for your prosperity in every, every situation, every level, spirit, soul, and body. God wants there to be increase. He wants there to be obvious blessing. That your joy would be made full. How many of you would use more joy? Okay. Well, I can say you already have it, as Andrew says, but are you using it? Are you choosing it? Are you choosing his joy? Are you choosing his peace? Are you choosing self-control? How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Amen. Every hand, okay. By faith, every hand went up. And what is in the package of the Holy Spirit? All the fruit. Amen. The self-control. How many of you have self-control? Okay, you have it whether you use it or not. Amen. You can find out where you're at with that when you drive. Amen. You, can, you really can see the fruit of the Spirit by the way you drive, whether or not you're in the Spirit or not, Amen. or which Spirit you're in. But we have these things, but if we're not using them, then we're limiting our own prosperity, our own increase. Oh, this is so powerful. I, I go, I'm such a polite driver now, it even sometimes frustrates my wife. <laughs> she says, I would have gone on through that yellow line. <laughs> but I've, I've gotten so polite now, I just, after you, after you. Somebody shoots by me, you know, and swerves in and out. God bless you, they must be on their way to the hospital or something. I just try to find a good reason for that. I've just decided I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be a blessing and I'm not. And so, that is the environment for good things overtaking me all the time. That's, that's why good things happen to me. Praise God. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 6511. I got a typo in my notes, so I think it's Psalm 6511. There you go. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. I saw this verse a few months ago, or maybe a couple months ago, and I, I decided to do a study on paths, because I keep noticing the word paths all throughout the Old Testament, especially. And it dawned on me that they must have walked on paths back in Israel and different paths would take you different places. And any of you that have been in hiking and camping and what have you, 
this path goes here, this path goes there. Well, this is very familiar to the Israelites that they would walk in different paths for different things. And so all throughout the Old Testament, we find these references to paths, the paths of the righteous, the paths of the wicked, the paths of God. And we can, there's many different things, and I've copied and pasted a bunch of those, and I'm just reading them over and over. His paths, says you crown the year with your goodness, and your paths, his ways, his lifestyle that he desires for us, it says it drips with abundance. I'm trying to see that. You know, I, try to, I, I try to imagine. I try to imagine what God is talking about when he says that he uses this descriptive language. Drips with abundance. Not even sure I can imagine that, but it sounds good. Amen. <laughs> but God is about increase. About increase. And this, if, I, if nothing else gets through to you today, I want your concept of God to just take the, take the limits off. Let it explode. He's better than you think. He's kinder than you think. And he's more into blessing you than you think. And some people say, well, you don't know what I've done. I'm, I'm, you don't know what I've done. It's not about what we've done. His mercies are new every morning. The increase, the blessing of God starts fresh right now. Did you miss it? Okay, right now. Did you miss that one? Get with the program. Right now. God is ready to bless you right now. Don't let religion and guilt and condemnation get in the way of what God is wanting to do in your life. You are his child, or you are the one that is going to reflect who he is to the world. And if you're living in, in sadness and grumpiness and poverty of spirit and poverty of life, and that's not reflecting him. But he has given you all things so that you can be a reflection of his good nature. Amen. Can you take a couple more here? All right. The nature of giving is increase. Amen. Who does God love? Second Corinthians 9. A cheerful, a cheerful giver. Amen. Why? I'm thinking, well, God, you love everybody. Yeah, but a cheerful giver reflects his nature, his heart. For God so loved the world that he gave. When we enter into cheerful giving, we're entering into the very heart of God. And here's the promise. We're talking about increase. It says, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace. So some people aren't walking in all grace. It's available, but to walk in it, you've got to get into the heart of God. Get the heart of God into you. Be a cheerful giver. And it says, and God is able to make all grace, listen to this, abound towards you. It sounds like a lot. That you always, that sounds like, all the time, having all sufficiency, meaning everything, in all things, meaning again, everything, may have an abundance, this is getting to be too much, I can't even, have an abundance for every good work. Is God wanting you to prosper? And I don't mean just the bank account, I mean you. Are you prospering? Is your marriage prospering? Are your kids prospering? Is your job situation prospering? Are you a blessing to your employer? Yeah. Oh, boys, we don't have 
You need to get one. It's supposed to be seen and not heard, right? Okay. All right. No. Good question. Even if you don't have a job, and some people are unable to, you still can pray. You can intercede. You can write emails. You can encourage people. You can give. You can do things as an expression of the goodness of God. And God is able to make all grace abound. You always having all sufficiency. This doesn't sound like what the church I see today in, in many places. People dragging in, complaining, expecting God is their, is their problem. That, man, what, we've really messed it up. I'm all about increase. I'm all about exploding in the goodness of God. Amen. We don't see more because we aren't expecting more. We aren't expecting more. We're being conformed to this world in which we only expect to receive what we've earned. That's part, that's, that just is part of our culture. Capitalism especially is you get what you earn. Socialism is you get what he earned. Okay? But the kingdom is you get what he earned. Amen? And I understand that we, we live in a capitalist society and praise God for that, but that isn't the kingdom way. There is another dimension in which you can be part of both in which the blessing of God brings you increase and multiplies you, gives you favor, opens doors. People are going to wonder, how did that happen? They started when, when I started. We're in the same company, same job, whatever. But they just keep going. Why? They, they have an attitude of praise. They're letting the word work in their life. Their faith is increasing. They're looking to be a blessing. They're increasing in love. All of those things are going to open doors for you. Praise God. We don't have to stay wherever you are right now. I don't care if you're already exploding in blessings. You don't have to stay there. You can keep going. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me do one more. Can I do one more with you? John 10.10. You should know this. The thief. We could call the thief any number of things. Let's say life. Just life in a fallen world comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Then we throw the devil into the mix, too. We throw other things into the mix. What's the antidote? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. There's increase. Increase is the antidote for the curse that's in the world. And it's interesting that Jesus gave his promises of your joy being made full. Ask what you will, it shall be done for you exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or think. Pressed down, shaken together. Jesus gave all these promises in the midst of Roman occupation and oppression. Or in other words, the political environment didn't stop him. He says, I would make some promises, but you guys, it's really bad, so I'm just going just gonna to hold back here. No, in the midst of that, I don't care what the government's doing right now. You, it doesn't have to affect you if you have a kingdom mindset. A mindset of, of increase. Can, you know, gas is $4 and something a gallon now? Okay. I have $4. And if it gets up to $8, I'll have $8. Amen. Praise God. See, it's, it's how you approach these things. 
Is God for you? Is God against you? Is God about increasing you and multiplying you? Or is God about just letting you dangle out there and see what happens? No, your perception of God is going to paint the picture that you have on the inside of what the possibilities are. And it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Your faith should be ever increasing. Your love should be ever increasing. Your praise life should be ever increasing. The word should be finding a place in your heart, not just passing through your head, but finding a place in your heart because the word will prosper you. The word is health to your flesh. Increase is the heart of God for each one of his children in every sense of the word. And that was, that's just what's been on my heart to share. Uh, today is the first time I've shared this particular message like this, but I'll tell you what, I've gotten stirred up just sharing it. And I hope you have too. I hope you have too. Would you stand with me? I want to pray with, <coughs> excuse me, pray with you. And uh, just believe for good things. Amen. How many of you have something got into your heart today? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. The word that has been shared today is your word from your written word. It carries your nature. It carries your life. It carries your power. And Father, I pray that the seeds of the word today would find a place in every heart in this room and those that are watching. Father, that we would take the limits off of what we've been expecting and that we would begin to expect what you want, pressed down, shaken together, running over, exceedingly abundantly, more than we ask or think, all grace abounding. That's what you have for us. Your paths drip with abundance. And Father, we are going to choose to walk in that. We're going to, we're going to take the blinders off. We're going to choose to see it. We're going to talk about it. We are going to give more, love more, bless more, expect more so that we can reflect the true nature of God to this fallen world. Hallelujah. I just speak your blessing over everyone here today, everyone watching. Not just the God bless you blessing, but the tangible blessing of God in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you. Got good news for you, church. All right. If you had the mindset that I used to before God gave me this verse that God is stingy and he is unwilling to give abundantly to us, this will change your mind, I hope. By faith, it will. Um, I went to him boldly and I asked a, gr a big request. And I was kind of shaking in my boots when I asked him. But uh, three days later, he confirmed with this word that he was going to fulfill what I asked him for. He said in Jeremiah 33, 9, then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people, and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity I provide for them. Amen? God is a joyful giver. He doesn't ask us to do what he doesn't do himself. He's a joyful giver, and he gets joy, glory, and honor by blessing his people in such a way that the nations stand in awe. That's what he wants us to be, an example of him. Amen? That's what the message was this morning. So God's a joyful giver. Just be bold and receive from him. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. All of heaven's blessings are paid for. Amen? Go boldly before him, not arrogantly, but humbly, knowing that he paid for it but it's all paid for. Just receive. Amen.
I just got the sense that there are people that we've all got dreams that God has birthed in our hearts. And some of you, some of us have disqualified ourselves from what God has for us. That there's shame in the way or there's condemnation or there's guilt or that you've got a past like, you know, everybody. But God is just saying he's breathing to life on your dreams and he's saying there's more there's more to, like, what you think you know about what you're called to do. You haven't even scratched the surface of it yet. There's more in your dream. There's more to the vision. There's more to the call. You haven't even scratched the surface of what he has for you yet. There's more for your family. There's more for your finances. There's more for your body. There's more for everything. And he's just, he's just wanting you to walk in to what he has for you this morning, church. He's wanting us to go up a level. He's taking us up a level. He's taking us higher. And so I'd like to pray for you guys to just, we just speak, I just speak over this body this morning, that shame, condemnation, any hindrance would just, we just speak, it's broken right now in Jesus' name. We've, I just speak over every heart that they would see, each of us would see who we are in him and what he has for us and how big he is. And like the word that just came before, that there is more, that there is abundance, that he is giving, he's opened the floodgates of heaven, he's pouring out a blessing. And we just, I just pray that everyone here would see it, that they'd receive it, that you would challenge them, God, to dream bigger because they're not dreaming big enough. Their calls are bigger. They have to dream bigger to get it, to even scratch the surface, to dream bigger in every area of their lives. God, show them step by step. Lead them into it. And we just thank you by faith that this is happening in Jesus' name. Amen. So while we were singing this song, the Lord says, do you really realize that the veil has been torn? Do you really realize that you have eyes to see the throne room of heaven itself? His word says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Are you allowing your spiritual senses, your eyes to see and your ears to hear in a way that you can come and access that throne room? that you can stand before him face to face, not because of anything we've done, but because of what he's already done. So I, I just want to release that over you. If you already have the ability to see the throne room and see that you can go into it and you're seated at the right hand of the throne of God, praise God, access it more. <laughs> Press into it more. <laughs> Because that's where you're going to be able to have the shift of your perspective and see the increase that we just heard about. But if you haven't, I'm going to pray right now. Everybody close your eyes. Father, I thank you that you have consecrated our divine imaginations to be able to see with a set of eyes that allow us to realize we are dual citizens. We are citizens of heaven first and citizens of earth second. So, Father, we just release an ability to see with those eyes right now all of what you have already said we can see, and that is coming boldly into that throne room of heaven, coming boldly before your throne, seeing you lifted high in the heavenly places, seeing ourselves seated at the right hand of the throne of God as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, no lack, only abundance, only increase. So help us to be able to practice the building up of that eyesight through the reading of your word and letting it come alive for us in a way that it has never been alive for us before in Jesus' name. Amen.